He's heating up. He's on fire. Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cog Podcast. You know, many questions and topic ideas are coming in from all over the map. One that stood out came from Adam from Santa Monica, California, which is just around the corner from where I live, who wrote into results at onebrokencock.com. Why do recruiters ghost candidates frequently? Is this the exception or the rule? Well, my guest today will tackle that topic along with others, and she's none other than Jackie Potter. Now, Jackie is the CEO and founder of JP Talent Agency, a top-tier talent agency that works with the top creatives and top clients and partners the two based on the client's specific needs to help bring their vision to life, increase their social media presence, and increase sales. Jackie, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you know, I'm excited to have you. I love to have young, hungry entrepreneurs who are completely hyper-focused on achieving their dreams. And I know you just moved here from LA. I'm sorry, you just moved to LA. Where did you move from? Where where, where are you originally from? Yeah, so I'm, I'm from Chicago. So after college, I moved back to Chicago. I'm from the northern suburbs. So originally Lake Forest, then moved to Northbrook. Uh, and then after college, I lived in Gold Coast downtown, started my career there. And then as COVID hit and I started my agency, I've always wanted to be out in LA. It's always been kind of a calling towards me and it's just a hub for so many creatives. And as I started my business, I can kind of work anywhere. And I have a lot of clients and creatives that live out here as well as New York and Chicago are my three main hubs. So I bought a one-way flight. Everyone thought I was crazy and I, I made it happen in three weeks. It just, it, I'd never felt myself outgrow the place that I was in. And I was just growing at such a quick rate that it was just time for me to make that next change in my life and just continue my growth. And being in one place for so long. It's such a great, it was such a great experience being there, but I just, I wanted to continue to grow and not just remain stagnant. I love that. And now do you attribute that quick decision to your youthfulness or is that basically just the inner entrepreneur in you? What do you think drove you to make that decision so quickly? You know what? I, I'm very in tune with myself and I am insanely adapt entrepreneur. I'm a heavy go-getter. You know, I follow just the things that feel right to me and just being so in tune with myself, with my body and my mind, I could just, I could just sense that it was not right for me to be there. And instead of being there in this place where it was kind of triggering my happiness in a sense, and it was just even starting to trigger a little bit my motivation and things, I knew that it was the right decision. And I have a lot of trust in myself. I have a lot of trust in my business and my vision and in the universe. And I knew I was going to be okay. It never, never once, you know, clouded my mind that it wasn't. And I think it all stems down to as an entrepreneur, you need to believe in yourself and you need to believe in your vision. And if you believe in yourself and you believe in your vision, 
there are going to be a million things that stand in your way and a million things that try and pull you down. But what sets the really successful apart and the ones that make it and the ones that might not is because of the ones that persevere through those things. So it's just continuing to persevere, believing in yourself and your vision and trusting yourself. You have to have a good relationship in yourself to trust that you are making the right decisions. No, it's true. And it really comes from confidence. I mean, you're really investing in yourself, not only changing and starting your own business from the ground floor, but moving to a different location. They always say when you start a business, right? Location, 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 you definitely have adapted very, very well to the location. How has it been adapting? Has it been like a fish to water in LA or has it been a little bit difficult compared to Chicago? So it's crazy. I... I've never felt more at home or more alive than I have since I've moved to LA. It's it's an insane feeling. And I know it takes people a lot of time maybe to get adjusted to a new place. And obviously there have been ups and downs and things that I've dealt with emotionally, but overall I have it's just such a freeing energy here. Everyone I meet is on their own journey, is a hustler, is an entrepreneur, is just a heavy hitting creative. Uh, And I only work with the best of the best. So I've just met so many top tiered creatives in the space from graphic designers to videographers, photographers, you name it. So it's just, it's been absolutely incredible. I feel insanely lucky. And I think that's something else too, is I start every single day with gratitude and for everything I have. And I know as an entrepreneur as well, we're all looking to the next step. And, you know, five years from now, a year from now, where do we want to be? What are our goals? Which is amazing, but you need to partner that with being grateful for everything you have at that present moment. It's the balance between the two. And that's where I found I am happiest when I'm showing that gratitude for the place that I am in for the things that I have, but continuously working and striving for your goal. Because as an entrepreneur too, you never get, there's no, there's no finish line there. You're, you're continuously growing. And as, as you grow and as you level up and as I have, things get even more challenging. The reward is higher, but the challenges are higher too. So you need to remember to be grateful for that present moment. But I feel I feel so lucky and so blessed. It's just, I'm such a, I'm into meditation and yoga and just the energy here as well aligns so deeply. And I've met so many incredible people. I'm actually going to a kundalini yoga event tonight. So it's it's just, it's been great, Brian. That's awesome. Yeah, yoga is really tough. Let me tell you, man, I've worked <laughs> with the best of them. And man, <laughs> yoga kills you. I mean, man, but the results speak for themselves. I mean, these people in the best shape I've ever seen these do, doing this yoga. So, and I hear it's a great place to pick up women too. I mean, not, not for me, but you know, I have a lot of friends that do that. And so beware in LA, you got a lot of creepers out there. So, um, yes. <laughs> I even met any. <laughs> don't worry. I'll, I'm very protective of myself. <laughs> Good. That's, that's great. No, but you're right. There's always an upside, you know, taking advantage of downtime or taking advantage of a, a so-called bad, you know, economy, or, you know, the, the pandemic, you know, even though it's so horrible, there's been a lot of great things that have come out of it, you know, like yourself. I mean, there's so many unplugged in talent out there. They're, they're looking for their break that really don't know where to go or how to connect with those industry insiders or those people that can plug them into the next great opportunity. And you're filling that void. You're connecting both the great businesses that you're working with, as long as that great talent that they so desperately need. So it's great that you're doing that. We'd love to talk to you about the decision itself. When was the seed planted and what was a real 
conduit for you actually taking action into doing this? Absolutely. It, it's been an idea and a dream of mine since I was a very little girl. And I always saw myself in an insanely influential and successful position so I could make a change in this world. And I never knew what that was going to look like for me. I'm obsessed with fashion and so many other different passions of mine that I thought that was going to be. And I actually started when I first was out of college communicating with one of my girlfriends, we were going to do a clothing line, never kind of followed through, didn't really understand the fundamentals of what what went into starting a business. So when I started my career, I started at Omnicom, so one of the largest agencies in the world. And my director had kind of pivoted. So I was thrown into this director role. I'm negotiating. I'm doing all of these heavy hitting decisions, working with millions of dollars. And I knew I wanted to get into sales. I was in the room with my clients. I worked on Porsche, SC Johnson, huge accounts. And my vendor partners who owned the out-of-home media spaces, I would buy out-of-home for my clients, would want me to set up meetings. So I would set up meetings and I would be in these meetings. And I was the one so passionate about this inventory. So I knew I wanted to get into sales. No one would hire me. No one. I, I was interviewing everywhere and it was, we love, you're amazing, but you just don't have sales experience. You have no numbers to show for. And so I just continued and I continued and I had a friend who worked at Robert Half. So one of the largest recruiting and staffing companies. And it's funny because I would actually sit, we worked in the same building and I would sit outside with her just so upset. I want, I love, I wanted to get out of my job. I wanted to get into sales. And she would say, let me submit your resume. And I just didn't understand recruiting. I didn't understand it was so heavy sales. And I would say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing recruiting. I'm not staffing. No, I'm not, I'm not HR as some people think it is. And finally I kind of started to understand a little bit more. So she submitted my resume, spoke with the president. I got an offer probably the next week and I started And I had my first two placements, so programmatic types of roles at a really incredible programmatic trading company and within a first couple of weeks. And everyone around the office was like, who is this girl? Because that's just, it's, it's unheard of. And COVID hit, I was only four months into my role. They did a large amount of layoffs. I was safe and they said that they needed to save the people they needed to save. Two weeks later, lo and behold, I was laid off. I had the least amount of tenure. I was one of the top billers in the world. And two days later, no, the day after I was laid off, I was already in communication with DocuSign and with Salesforce. I was pushed to second rounds with both companies. And a day after that, I'm laying in my bed and I had this feeling because those are incredible companies that I would ask me two years ago. Those were companies that I would have dreamed of working for. And here I am, you know, being pushed to final rounds and something was missing. Something was off. And I have an insanely successful entrepreneur friend and I texted him. He would always tell me when you know, you know, because he started his journey a year before me. So I watched him just completely take off and I knew I wanted to do that, but I didn't know what it was going to be. And he told me, he goes, it's going to be a talent agency. I said, hell no. And I call him that day and I said, it's time. He goes, it's time. And so I called him the next day and I said, it's going to be a talent agency. I don't know what venue I'm going to go through. And I said, what, what do I do? He goes, go upstairs, 
write a power of five list. So five things you want to get done that day. Every single day, start your day with that power of five list because we all have a million things that we need to get done, but five key things that you need to get done. And one was the name started in JP talent and there were a couple other things. And then I just started. You just you just have to take that jump. I it was turning a situation that a lot could have said, you know, fuck the world and I'm I'm going to sit and sulk in my bed, but I'm the type of person. There's two ways to look at life, and that's why me or how can I let this shape me? And everything that I have ever been through, I have made the decision to let shape me. So everything you are going through, if my best advice is if you you want to start your own business. You're an entrepreneur at heart and you just don't know what that's going to be. If you're in a corporate role right now or whatever your job looks like, completely immerse yourself in that. Because at Robert Half I comp- and at Omnicom, I completely immerse myself in those roles, which has given me the foundation for everything that I apply today. So immerse yourself in those roles, learn everything that you can soak up everything like a sponge and just keep your eyes open for every opportunity essentially. And you, you will figure it out, but just don't sit around and kind of wait for that moment. Continue to learn as much as you possibly can with what you are given at this present moment. You know, this is unbelievable, Jackie. It's kind of like I'm talking to the female version of myself. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm serious. It's just Oh my God. I love it. No, it's great. I mean, it's a breath of fresh air. I, I talk to, you know, in my business, I talk to so many people with so many problems and to hear your perspective and your attitude and your energy and your focus, it's just, a, it really is a breath of fresh air. You know, it's, it's kind of like the friend that you had that guided you, you know, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future, right? You want to surround yourself with the best and people that make you better. And sometimes, you know, misery loves company. And instead of wallowing in it, you went out there and you took action, you owned your destiny, you took everything you learned. And, you know, quite frankly, you were a victim of bad decision-making and many people are struggling with the same thing that you did. You know, you, I always say, and I used to say this to my staff, I believe in talent over tenure all day long. If somebody comes in and uh, hiring as well, oh, yeah. you hire for, you, you hire for that opportunity, right? You hire instead of experience, are you hiring for potential? And there's certain things you can't teach, right? Experience only gets you so far. And a lot of people bring in that baggage from the outside roles. And you see that now in your business probably, right? So I love the fact that you're doing all of these things. It's so amazing. You're really moving the needle. I love it. Now you had to deal with a real big challenge and listen, I completely understand what you're going through. My wife actually lost both of her parents during lockdown. I mean, it was so difficult and I know you lost your dad and I can only say I'm very, very sorry. You know, now is the holidays. It's very, very difficult. How tough was it to kind of get out of that? I know lockdown was very, very difficult because you can't get out. You can't really do much. Is it therapeutic? Was it therapeutic for you to really put your head down and start grinding on this job as a tribute to him? How did you deal with that loss? Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little, it's, it's, it's still something that I'm processing. And, you know, it was about maybe seven months ago now. And it was the hardest thing I have ever been through in my entire life. And it was completely out of nowhere and just a sudden heart attack. And what's crazy is the day before he passed away, he called me and he asked me, if there was anything that I needed from him, he said, I give and I give and I give to all of your sisters. What do you need from me? And I said, 
I don't need anything from you, dad. I just need you to be my dad. And he laughed and he, he just, he always, he always knew where I was going to end up. And it was him always just coaching me always so hard on me along the way, but always so loving as well. And the day he died, I, as I've entered my journey of entrepreneurship, I have dedicated myself to the universe and meditation and I was on a run and that's where I get these really strong visions. And I had a vision of a world without my father and I was okay. I, at first I had this insane amount of gratitude that I've never felt before for my parents, that I wouldn't be who I was today if it weren't for them. And I had this vision of a world without him and I told the universe I would be okay. And then I kind of rid the vision. I, I didn't know what was going on. And later that day, I got the phone call that he was found and then he was pronounced dead. And in a crazy way, I think it was his time. And I I watched my father. He was so insanely successful in my young years and growing up and a lawyer at all of the top law firms. But then I also watched his downfall his ego got so large. He was making so much money and no one wanted to work with him. So he went on, he went out on his own because no one wanted to work with him. And then still no one wanted to work with him. And I watched him go from this just incredible, intelligent, powerful, confident man to just kind of lose everything. So I was able to watch and process that entire journey as well. But when my father died, and my father is someone, again, who is the one person that was kind of my safety, the one person that understood what I was going through, that understands my journey. And when he died, it was just my – everything was ripped away. It was it, – I had this moment of standing in my room, and I just kind of looked at the ceiling, and I – thought to myself, what is this story unfolding here? What is this? And that week I could not, and I'm such a psychotic worker. I have to give every single day, 150%, especially as I'm running my own business now. And that week I could not get out of bed. I was so sad, but I allowed myself that week to be really sad to scare myself because I was so sad, to not be able to go out of bed, to sit in my sadness and cry. And because I did that for a week straight, I was just sad and let all those emotions succumb me instead of going out or getting drunk or getting high as so many people do when they go through traumatic things or are surrounded by a million other people. I was alone. I wanted to process those emotions alone. And when you do that, that's what makes you stronger. That's how you overcome. And I'm just such a person where I channel all of that energy and power. And again, too, what I have realized is I feel when so- when you lose someone, when someone passes away, and even when it's a parent, too, when they're still alive, you have the choice to suck all of the good and all of the power out of that person. And all of my father's power is now instilled in me. And you just you can't sit there and say, why me? Obviously I have, there are some times where I wish I had my dad and I wish I could call him, but I always remember that he is protecting me in ways that he could not in his physical being on this earth. And it's in a crazy, 
insane way. Everything does happen for a reason. And I truly believe it's his time. It was his time. And I truly believe he just protects me in insane ways now. You've got a great perspective, uh, Jackie, and I know that uh, he's proud of you. I know he was proud of you, and I know that he's looking down, and he's very proud of, of who you've become and who you are. What What's some of the great learnings that you've had starting your business? I know it's, you're kind of new at this, just as I am. Uh, what have you learned thus far? And if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice a few months ago when you just started, was there any would there be anything you would tell yourself to give you a leg up? Right. It's definitely time management is huge. And that's something that I'm still working through, but every single day to have a really strict schedule and to try and stick to that, obviously things pivot, but I'm a person where I'm up at four or 5 AM and I get through my to do's ahead of my calls because I know my day is going to pivot a million different ways. So it's just dedicating that time block, whether you're a late night person and you want to do that time block when everyone's asleep or you're an early morning person and you want to do that before the world kind of wakes, dedicate that time to kind of get through those to do's and things that have been weighing on you, but you haven't been able to get to because you're on a million calls or you have last minute client requests. So doing that is really helpful. I have a million reminders. I'm always reminding myself on things and following up, always follow up. I'm working a sales role right now. And the CEO and I have been in contacts for the past seven months. And he he'll follow he'll check in with me every two weeks as a response when I check in with him. And finally, I have a candidate now going to final rounds. And he said to me, your persistence is so admirable, Jackie. So persistence is key. Following up is key. Setting reminders, whether it be every two weeks or on your phone that you push back to follow up. And Above all else, too, is knowing your value and setting boundaries. Because when you're new, you'll kind of work with any type of client. And as now I've been doing this for about eight months, there was a situation where I was involved with a client who I probably would not have been involved in, wasn't the nicest, uh, wasn't the easiest to work with. And I, I can sense that in a client very early on in our first conversation. And if I sense those kinds of things now, I won't work with you because again, I'm filling roles and whether it be on a freelance and project basis or a permanent basis. And I'm very protective of the talent and the candidates that I work with because they are the best. I pick up the best people. I have clients say to me all the time, where did you find this person? They are perfect. And creatives and my talent say to me, I've always been wanting to work with this kind of person. So it's being very protective of yourself and your business. No amount of money. I don't care what amount of money is on the line. I will walk away from something, whether it be a personal or business relationship that is not meeting my boundaries. And you have, again, that stems to having value for yourself and your business. If you let everyone walk all over you, if you let your clients walk all over you, you have no value. So it's standing up and understanding your value and understanding when it's time to walk away from a business or even a personal relationship. No, it's true. 
It's true. You have to trust your instincts. And, you know, when you're meeting with a client, it's a two-way evaluation, right? They may not be a good fit for your business. They have to align with your mission, vision, and purpose. I totally agree. I would love to know, Jackie, what do you think is the biggest struggle for the recruiting industry as a whole? I don't know. And it might be right now, just because unemployment is so low, just finding those new roles and pivoting into industries that are specific to those that would be hiring heavily at this stage. But I think it's also a really great opportunity to start speaking with a lot of those top talent and top candidates that have been laid off as I was one of them. And just having those conversations with them now even if you're not hiring, have those conversations and build that up, build those relationships. Because when unemployment is low again, it's really, really, it's it's a really tough market. It's always a tough market, but it's a really, really tough market for a lot of these companies to find really great talent. And that's another reason why they bring us in. They bring my agency in. So it's, I think it's harder now to kind of pick up those roles, but you have to just be strategic in that sense. But if you're having a week maybe and you have no client meetings and no one's getting on the phone with you, use that downtime to really just start those conversations with a lot of those top candidates because once unemployment is down again, it's going to be harder to get those kinds of people on the phone. Do you think that's where companies struggle is where they don't pull the trigger fast enough? I've heard of candidates say that, you know, I, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And I just had to go somewhere else because these people kept hemming and hawing and they didn't make a decision. So that company essentially lost out on the talent they wanted. Have you seen that before? Oh, absolutely. It's all the time. And especially I see it in very, very corporate situations where there's all these ladders and approvals that need to happen. And this goes to any Anyone in a key position at a company or anyone looking to hire, you need to make those decisions quickly because every candidate has multiple job offers in the running and you need to be able to condense that time and make your offer quickly because that's what happens. Even in my role, I I jumped very quickly when Robert Half offered me, even though I had a couple other in my pipeline that I was excited about because I wanted to make a move and I wanted to make a move quickly. And especially just the millennials and people of that sense too, we're, we're very quick. Our time span is quick. We like things done in a very minimal time span and we're looking to get out there. We're hungry. So if you can't make those decisions in a timely manner, I see it all the time. So that's another sense where I come in and I'm, I'm a consultant to my, to my clients as well. And I coach them through that process and they walk me through what their specific process is. And I help them and navigate them to say, this might be something where we need to break this down and condense this into two meetings. I'll talk to some clients and they say, oh, well, he needs to meet with six people and okay. Okay. That's great. But can we get this into maybe two zoom calls three people on each Zoom call to make it a lot more time efficient. And then it's it's just the, the poor candidate's time too if you string them along for six interviews and then not making the offer. It's just, it's so much time on their plate as well. So it's just navigating through that, coaching and consulting my clients and uh, just 
making them try and make that decision in a sooner time frame. Well, I love that. Now, speaking of millennials, I'm glad you brought that up. Have you seen companies that are more inclined to want millennials or not? And do you think that the HR and hiring process within companies are getting it wrong in terms of millennials and not really understanding and connecting to them? So I haven't worked with any clients specifically, to be honest. Nothing that I'm seeing is where they're heavy on a millennial. And they're pretty open, to be honest. And I always have those conversations with them because there might be someone that has six years of experience under their belt and someone that has three, but the person that has three might have done a million times more things in that three years because of the personality they are, because of just the work ethic they have. So I don't like my, when I'm speaking with a client, I don't like them to say specifically, I need X amount of years. I need a millennial. It's not those conversations. It's I want someone really good, Jackie. And it's, I'm going to bring you someone that's really, really great that not only fits with a job description and what is on paper for what you're looking for, but what I look for too is fits with that company's energy and with those people's energy. Because Every company has their own vibe and their own vision. Every person, every candidate has their own vibe and their own vision. So it's about building and making these incredible partnerships. And two, I work with a healthcare company and they say, you know, Jackie, we need someone with healthcare experience. It's okay. Let's stretch that a little bit because if you get a really incredible brand strategist who maybe hasn't worked in the healthcare space, they could bring you a vision that you guys have been so closed off to because you're only working with healthcare specific people. So I think it's, it's finding that same vibe and vision, but maybe even pulling from different industries to bring something new to life and bring something new to the table. That's great. It's great. And what do you think are the advantages of going with an outside company versus in-house recruiters? I know a lot of these companies hire their own recruiters inside versus hiring somebody like yourself. What, what are the advantages? So I, a lot of those internal recruiters kind of are only talking to people and to roles that they are sourcing for. And sometimes they're really honing in again on only specific industries, only pulling from certain places. I talk to everyone. I find that person that no one is able to find. I have those conversations and I dedicate that time. My day is split between client and candidate calls. So I'm speaking with those top candidates in all different types of industries. So I have a sense of all of the different personalities and vibes and energies and different salaries as well, because those tend to to range between uh, different venues too and different industries. So That's definitely an advantage too, as well. On top of that, I was actually speaking with a client about this two days ago who wants, he, he offered me a job. He, he wanted to bring me on to be their internal recruiter too. Our conversation went so well. And he said, why am I going to pay you? You know, this could be a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollar salary when I could just have you in house as my recruiter. And I said to him, okay, maybe you do a ton of hires this year. 
what if next year you're not hiring anyone and I'm your internal recruiter and I have nothing to do? I'm sitting there twiddling my fingers and you're paying me another $100,000 when you could have just brought me on on, on a contract and fee basis where I'm staffing your roles only when you need them. And then when you guys are settled and you're not looking to hire for you know two, three years, maybe even just a year, you don't need to be paying someone that full-time salary and you don't have to pay me benefits. You don't have to pay me PTO. It's just an as-needed basis. So that's another just real benefit of working with a recruiter. There you go. It's the ultimate compliment, right? He wanted you to come on board. And you said, no, listen, I'll be your recruiting back office, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Jackie, it, it happens. Yeah, we're almost done here. He's got a couple of quick questions for you. Do you think recruiters should be versatile and adapt to different industry needs or should they be specialists? You know, we have a lot of people that ask us and say, hey, should I get like an ad tech specific recruiter or a sales centric recruiter or or do recruiters, can they recruit for any industry? What do you think? So for myself personally, I can do anything. And when I started, I, I like to stay in the creative hub. I will do different types of roles If that's a client I'm really interested in, or I think I have the pool for it. And just to hone in on the fact that if it's a recruiter, they can really do anything. When I started my business, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of was all over the place, which is also another thing I don't suggest if you're a recruiter starting out. Actually do that at first, but then find your niche. And so when I started, I I. I picked up a manufacturing sales role at a manufacturing staffing company. I couldn't tell you one thing about the manufacturing sales. I had no idea. And I picked up a financial advisor role. I was working a financial advisor role with the CEO, a really great company in Chicago with the financial advisor. And I, I didn't, I didn't even know what a financial advisor was to be honest with you. When I first started, I know what it, what they do now. And it's a lot of heavy sales and things. My candidate, I picked up a couple top people. My candidate got the offer. And then with the sales manufacturing, he went to final rounds, got the offer, but it came in too low and we walked. So what I think that clients need to do, and this is another thing I kind of coached one of my clients the other day and is When you are, don't look at the industry specific company, look at the recruiter you're partnering with. You need to look that person in the face, whether it be via Zoom now, but really look at them, look at their energy, look at their work ethic, look at the type of person that they come across as and say to yourself, is that someone that aligns with the type of people that I want working for my company? Does that person have the same work ethic as the kind of person that I would want to come working for my company? Because you are what you attract. So you need to make sure that you align 100% with that recruiter and they will give you everything 150% or you need to keep looking because Again, you are what you attract, and talent attracts talent. Absolutely. Amen. And very last question here. We got to go back to Adam, right, who wrote in the fact of trend, the trend of ghosting candidates. I don't know if you've seen this before, but a lot of people are bringing this up, the fact that recruiters go radio silent, and they're thinking, man, do I have a chance? Is this just over? Like, what's going on here? Um, Have you seen this? And if you have, why is this happening? Yes, we are so busy, you guys. And 
sometimes it happens where it's just not a fit. And there were a couple other people in the running as well. And I'm working 10 other roles. I just don't have the bandwidth. And other recruiters are the same where we just do not have the bandwidth to send a response to every single person. And I wish that I did. And when I have an assistant one day, 100%, but it's just so much time. You have to think of it from our end, how much we have on our plate, how many roles we are sourcing for, how many candidates are in play for all of those roles, how many candidates we are speaking with for all of those roles. So it's just, it's just a time thing and don't take it personally at all because that's just, it is what it is. And if there's no response, just means that there's not a fit. But what my advice to you would be, maybe check in in a month or so or a couple of weeks if you're still on the market and see if you can, you know, have another conversation regarding any other roles they have in their pipeline or just keep yourself top of mind. And even if you're a really great candidate and you check in and there's no response, check in every few months or so because we speak to so many people. It's great to keep you top of mind. And I love, even if I don't have the bandwidth or the time to respond, I love seeing those in my inbox. And again, oh, okay, Brian, Brian's an incredible sales candidate. And then a week later, I pick up a really incredible sales role. So it's just continue to follow up. It's not ghosting. We just do not have the bandwidth. I'm so sorry. That term is so, that term is so funny. Because, you know, it's about relationships too. And I hate being ghosted, you guys, but it, it just <laughs> just keep, keep, keep checking in every once in a while. It's a different scenario because it's not a relationship. Feel free to keep checking in. So it's a widely accepted industry practice. And it's okay if the candidates ghost you. Is it okay if the shoe's in the other foot? See, when that happens... <laughs> when that happens, I understand that it's just not a fit and it happens. And it's not something where I'm going to sit around and be upset about. Obviously there's a little bit of hurt. So I'm sure that they feel the same thing. There's a little bit of hurt, but it is what it is. And I understand that they don't have the bandwidth either, or they might be really excited and have accepted another offer. And that's okay. That happens. That's life. And imagine if this were years ago and we didn't even have technology. It's just technology puts all of this adds all of this dramatic effect to things when it shouldn't. And it's just, it is what it is. You walk away, no hard feelings and you move forward. True. So if a candidate goes to you, you would still go back to him if there was a fit for another role, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll keep, even if that candidate goes to them, they're still in my system and they might be at a role, you know, two years and all of a sudden I have this really incredible role that they're a fit for. I will 1000% reach out because it's, everything just happens for a reason. And if they're ghosting me, you know what, it's because there's a better candidate out there. And that's just kind yeah. of how you have to have your perspective. There you go. Money talks. And Jackie, very last question. It's a personal question just to get to know you a little bit better. So you're going to be retired. You're very successful now. You're on your own private island. And you can only <laughs> bring one book, one movie, and one album. What would they be? Oh, my goodness. Book would be You Are a Badass by Jen Cincero. I I read that in parallel with my journey. And as I started my entrepreneurship and was learning things on my own, I would read it and it would be that holy shit moment. This is exactly what I am thinking. So 
I like, I, I think to even read it in parallel as you're on your journey. So you can learn those things on your own and then go back to a book where it kind of has them just in print. Uh, movie. Let me think. Oh my goodness. I don't watch movies. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. I don't have the time. Well, now that you're in LA, you're going to have to, because a lot of your clients are going to be. I know. Oh my goodness. Okay. You got to chat it up with these people, you know? I know. I, but then again, they add value to my life in one way and I add value to their life in another. So they teach me things and then I teach them things that they might not know. So it's That's all about right. adding value too. So can I change your question? Can I bring, can I bring a yoga mat instead of a movie? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> there you go. No, I I really don't know what movie it would be. That's okay. It's a very okay. hard question. What about the album? And the album. To me, that's even harder than the movie, but yeah. Oh my goodness. Really, it is. I haven't thought about any of these things. It's okay. Let's see. Probably Travis Scott because the Astroworld Travis Scott because – I I love bumping rap music when I'm working. It reminds me of my father too. When I was growing up, he would just blast rap music as we were driving through the streets, and it just <laughs> it, and I would I would be this seven year old little girl like thinking I'm so cool, windows down, and so it just it takes me back to just that freeing emotion, and it's something that I can listen to a million times over again and not get tired of. So Astroworld, Travis Scott. There you go. Yeah, being out here in LA, I grew up in LA. I've met Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Bone Thugs and Harmony, The Game, you know, all these people. They all live out here. So I'm sure you're going to run into a lot of them as well. Amazing. Yeah, it's yes. awesome. Jackie, oh my goodness, love rap. It has been awesome. How do people get in touch with you? How do they connect with you? How do they utilize your services? Yeah. So my website is almost finished and I'm going to, I'm a very strategic person. So I'm, I'm launching my website. I have a really incredible promo video that I actually had a vision for a vision that came to mind. And two of my incredible friends who are videographers, they have their own company. They helped me bring it to life. So I have my website, my promo video, my LinkedIn announcement will all be coming mid-January. In the interim, please link with me on LinkedIn. It's Jackie Potter. Email me 1000% Jackie Potter at jptalent.co. And you can also find our my Instagram. It's jptalentagency. And personal Instagram is Jackie, P-O-T-T-A-H. Jackie, it's been amazing. Thank you for joining. Have a wonderful holiday, a wonderful break. Keep up the good work and let's stay in touch. Thank you so much, Brian. You are so awesome. And I'm so honored and thankful to just have this platform to share my story. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you. We'll keep in touch. You got it. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line. 